Hello and welcome to the High School Nightlife Podcast, a ministry of Life of the Hills Baptist Church in Rockford, Michigan that strives to communicate the beauty of Jesus Christ to the next generation. If you're interested in learning more about who we are and what we do, check out our website at phbconline.org. But for now, tune into part five of our series through Galatians titled No Other Gospel, presented by Student Ministries Pastor Steve Hyde. This is awesome to be able to be plugging in with you guys tonight, and I'm just excited to be able to work through this passage in Galatians, um, and I love, I've been able to sit in on a few of the teachings, and I just love um, the message that is given to us in Galatians. And I'm going to read, um, as we get rolling here, part of chapter 2, but then for our part, we're going to be moving into chapter 3. But if you guys have your Bible, turn and uh, look at verse 19, and I'm just going to read the last few verses of chapter 2, where he says, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So this is kind of where we've been moving this idea, no other gospel. And we're laying the foundation, these songs that we just got finished singing in worship, we're focused right on this idea, that it is only through Christ. There is no other gospel, there's no other way, there's not, hey, this is a great way, It is the only way is through Christ. And Paul draws this out, what he's been developing here, saying if there was a way through the law, if we could do this through our own effort, through our own behavior, if we could have gotten back to God, then we wouldn't have needed Christ. Then Christ would have died in vain. We look at what Christ did for us, the suffering in his death, and if there was another way, then why would he waste that? But there was only one way. It was only through his death and the grace that comes to us through faith that we can reach God. So that's what we're going to build off of and we're going to step into as we look at this no other gospel. Um, But I have one thing I want to do first, and I need a volunteer, somebody who is deathly afraid of heights, okay? And I mean deathly. How, how deathly afraid are you of heights? Is this too high? All right, come on, come on down, Starla. All right. Now, a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys know me. Some of you might not, but heights is something that I have always enjoyed. I have always loved to be, to be high climbing different things, um, I have had many injuries as a result, so I've been to the med stop 50 sometimes probably, but I'm still alive today, so it works out. But we have, uh, I have a little challenge for you, okay, Starla, an invitation. So um, Grant and Tate, can you help me with this ladder right here? Ready. So, 
Starla? If I told you that there was a candy bar at the top of that ladder. Okay, okay. What if what if it was a dollar? You could buy two candy bars for a dollar. Let's just say it's a stuffed animal. Um, $10. $10? Would you, if there was $10 up there, would you do it? Stuffed animal? You'd do it for a stuffed animal? What if, shh, what if it was $100? Would you do it for $100? I don't know. I'd have to try. All right. Listen up. Listen up. So there is a $40 gift card, Amazon gift card, at the top. Are you going to go for it? They will hold the ladder. All right, go for it. She's going to give it a try. All right, no problem. All right. All right, Starla, you weren't supposed to actually do that. So you just ruined my whole, my whole teaching illustration. So we're just going to close in prayer. And have, no. Um, so thankfully there's a contingency um, because there's also a $100 gift card. I'm just kidding. There's not. Um, there's not. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. Well done. We're going to get rid of this. All right, guys. So she actually went up to the top. That was not supposed to happen. Starly, you're too brave. Marley, where's Marley? Would you have done it? You would have done it? All right. Listen up, listen up. So we've got, we have this ladder here to get up to the top. But if you imagine we're trying to accomplish something, we're trying to get to this reward that's at the top. Um, but when we're getting into this story of our performance of trying to have a gospel outside of Christ, if we're going to say, all right, we're going to accomplish this, then this ladder is obviously not near tall enough. This ladder would have to keep extending infinitely all the way up for us to reach where God is at. If any of you guys were in church this morning, Gary Heim was talking, and he referenced back to the story of the Tower of Babel. All right? And this is back in Genesis 11, and the people there were saying, let's build a tower so that we can reach into the heavens and reach the level of God. So in their minds, we're going to build a tower tall enough that we can get to the same level that God is at. And that's this push that they're saying, we can do this. We can, we can get up that ladder. We can get high enough. We can accomplish this on our own. But there is no way that we are ever going to pull that off. There is no way in our own effort, in our own abilities, that we can make it all the way to the top. And in the reality of what has happened, so Starla wasn't supposed to make it to the top, I was going to climb up to the top and get the gift card and bring it back down. All right? 
Because that is the gospel. That is what God, through his son, has done for us. There was this ladder, there was this infinite climb that we had, and we had no way that we were going to accomplish it on our own. But God sent his son, and he fully accomplished every step. He completed the work to claim the prize for us. And he comes, and he offers it freely to us. That's the gospel. And that's why that verse 21 I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, if I could make it to the top of that ladder, then Christ died for no purpose. But Christ died because we were helpless. We were hopeless. There was no way we could accomplish that on our own. But God comes through his son. He completes the work for us and he gives us that gift. But here's the problem because the Galatians, the people that Paul's writing to here, they were being led astray from this. They were being distracted and pulled away. And that's what we're going to look at here in verse chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. All right? It says this, O foolish Galatians. This is right after he's been talking about this. Foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your very eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. You guys can hear Paul's, his confusion, his frustration in this as they're missing it. Foolish Galatians. So he's kind of set them up. If you guys have been tracking with this, he's been setting them up for this moment. And he starts out talking to them about you guys are missing it and then he starts talking about the gospel. This is the gospel that I was called to that I was, I was given a charge for this and I'm being persecuted for. And he starts talking about, um, remember talking to Peter, if you guys were here when he was talking about that, and how Peter was missing it and making it seem like it was about these other things and, and he's confronting him on that. And he builds all the way up to those last verses where he's saying, you know, yes, it's only about grace and if it, if it were through the law, then we could have reached it ourselves and all this. And if, if that was true, then Christ died in vain. Like, yeah, we're all on the same page. And all of a sudden saying, so what are you guys missing? Why are you guys still here? Why are you guys still trying to do this on your own? They're missing what the whole thing was going on. So you could think of it like this. The Galatians are saying, okay, yeah, faith is important. We had to start with that. But now they're being told we have to continue to perform. All right? We've got that verse where he says, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? All right? So think about that verse. And you can almost see it as, all right, God accomplished all this work, but he comes down and he says, okay, here's a dollar. Now come up one more step. Okay, here's a dollar. And he's just, he's baiting us to come up. You still have to get to the top. You still have to do all this work yourself. 
but God's going to kind of coax you along in doing this. Grace is what got you started, but you still need to do the work yourself. You still need to finish it through the lawn, finish it with your works. It's missing the whole point. It misses this idea that, all right, this work has been completed on our behalf. This work is done. And the Galatians are being drawn back in to do this, and Paul is just dying inside. So when we say there is no other gospel, when we say there's no other gospel, it's true at the beginning of our faith, it's true in the middle of our faith, it's true at the end of our faith. How you start is how you finish. And when you receive Christ, you come with open, empty hands, knowing that I can do nothing to enter into a relationship with you. I can do nothing to pay for all this sin and junk that is in my life. I can do nothing to cover that, but it is because of what you have done that through faith I receive that grace. That's how we start. And that is true then every moment for the rest of eternity. It's not that, okay, you've got this. Think of how many times we feel pulled into that. Like, okay, yeah, God, you did all this and I'm so grateful for that. Now I really got to work at this and I really got to try and I really got to. We start putting it back on ourselves. But how you start is how you finish. There's not one gospel that saves you and then one gospel that changes you. So we're talking about tonight this idea of sanctification, all right? And that's a big word. But what this means is just that God's plan for your life, when he saves you, when you enter into a relationship with him, his plan doesn't end there. He wants more than that. And he has promised and committed to change our lives, to reshape our lives and our hearts to be like him. And he is completing that process. So that's why um, when we accept Christ, we enter into the church and we, we enter into small groups and we read the word and we, we, we are hungry to grow. We want to be shaped to look more like him. But what this is talking about, the Galatians say, okay, that this is going to happen by checking all these things off in the law. And Paul is saying, no. It's the same thing. It is by grace and through faith. He starts to flesh that out. I want you to, to think about this question and um, talk between you guys. Describe a time when you felt like you had to earn God's acceptance. So God has given us his acceptance. He has given us that freely through his grace. But a lot of times that, that pressure can come back in. So do a quick turn and talk. Spend a couple minutes. Share an example of when you have felt the pressure to earn God's acceptance. Thank you. All right. Bring it in, guys. So raise your hand if you resonate with the word pressure. That if you, there are places in your life where you feel pressure to have to come through, perform. That is a heavy place to be, isn't it? That's a difficult place to live in. And the higher the stakes, the higher the pressure. All right? If I'm playing Candyland against my kids, I might feel some pressure. But 
if that was like Settlers or Ticket to Ride, then the pressure ramps up. Or I was talking to a few people before that were talking about the pressure that they're feeling in their classes. And they're in some, some advanced classes and just feeling the weight and the pressure of that. Or maybe it's sports. Or maybe it's family. But there's no pressure, there's no pressure heavier than looking at eternity, at where we stand before God, and feeling like that rests on our shoulders. The weight of saying, how God sees me is based on my performance, is based on how I relate, on how I move. But here's the good news and the piece I want you guys to catch because we are missing something in this. We're missing something when we get stuck in this and the Galatians are missing something because this whole journey is not about the gift card. It's not about the $40. Okay? Starla's going to enjoy that. But that's not the point. Because think about what that did. God sent His Son and His Son accomplished the work for us. It is complete. It is done. And He comes and He offers it to us. But ultimately what He offers to us is Himself. Is His presence. Because it is complete, because it is finished, He is now with us. And we have the gift of His presence. Through His grace, He offers that fully. So it's no longer about can I accomplish these things? If we want to grow, if we want to be more like Christ, it has nothing to do with this ladder anymore. Because that is complete. It is done. What it has to do with is the fact that Christ is now present with us. Because of what He has done and accomplished, He offers us the gift of His presence. So we start to flip this story around and we start to think, okay, I've got to achieve, I've got to do these things, I've got to earn something when we need to realize that it's not about pressure to perform, it's not about getting there, it's about the presence of God. So that phrase, it's not about performance, it's about the presence of God. That God is with us and that His presence is going to reshape us. You guys have heard verses that say things like, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. He is the one who started it and now through His presence, He is committed in His grace to finishing that work. It talks about that we are destined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. That our lives are going to be reshaped. This is that sanctification piece. Becoming like God. And it happens not through performance and accomplishing all these things, but it happens by being in the presence of God. That His presence will reshape us. All right. One thing that starts to come up with this then, if we're saying, okay, if this ladder doesn't matter anymore, if it's not based on my performance, if, if God accepts me unconditionally, if He loves me in this way and it's His presence that's going to reshape me, then what am I doing here at church? Why would I keep trying to do these things? Why am I wasting my time reading the Bible? if it doesn't really matter. 
if performance isn't what it is, then why am I performing? Why am I doing these things? We got to get down to the core. Remember, it's not about performance, but it is about presence. So there's many ways to leave the presence of God. And if we try to earn and we start going up this ladder trying to perform, we're actually separating ourselves from God. Remember, God is done with this. Christ has finished it. He's here. He has come. And if we're trying to do this on our own, we are leading ourselves away from the presence of God. That's what the Galatians were doing. They were trying to say, all right, God, thanks for doing that. Now I'm going to try and see how well I can do. And they're moving themselves away from the presence of God. So we can't do that. We don't want to move ourselves towards performance in that way. But there are many ways to leave the presence of God. There are many ways to say, God, I don't really want to be with you. I don't really care to spend time with you. I don't care about what you, your role in my life. I'd rather have the $40 so we can do it through performance. But we can also do it by chasing after any other thing to find life in. Maybe I do it through these friends that I think, hey, if I hang out with them, then they'll give me life. I can get a $40 gift card from them. Maybe I'll do it through sports and I'll, I'll invest myself there and I'll get life from them. But the truth is, we find that life in the presence of God. We find it right here. Because it's not about the gift card. When we are in the presence of God, it's not like he's running short on grace. As we sit, sit with God and spend time with him, he just keeps pouring it out to us. He just keeps pouring it out. You don't have to perform to get this. You just have to be with me. You just have to spend time with me. I am present with you. I've accomplished all this. Just be with me. And what we desire so much, what we long for so much, is found just in being with our Savior. Being with the one we were created to be alongside. We don't have to go all these other places to find life. We don't have to perform to find life. We receive it just by being with God. And He will then reshape us. So I want to help this to be practical. And um, there's, all right, one phrase here. The same power that raised you from the dead is, from death to life is still at work in your life to shape you to become more like him. The same power that raised you from death to life is still at work. That is the power that is available when Christ sits with us. So here's what I want you guys to catch as we think about application. How can we tell whether we're doing these things out of performance or whether we're doing them just to be and enjoy the presence of God? Okay? If you're living in performance, if that's what you're moving towards, then you're going to see things in your life like pride and shame. If you are seeing those flags in your life, then that's your warning to say you're trying to climb this ladder. You're trying to do something on your own. You're removing yourself from the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God and receiving that, it's going to lead you to humility and gratitude. So those are two categories. To look at my heart and say, am I feeling pride? Am I feeling shame? Or is this drawing me to humility? Is this drawing me to gratitude? Our pride comes because we... We look at our performance and we're like, hey, look, this is pretty good. I'm up like four or five stairs. 
Look at all those other people that are down there. I'm doing pretty good. God, pretty lucky to have me, aren't you? Or a lot of times, and maybe just moments after that, we're on the other side of shame. I feel like, man, look at my life. Look at what I'm doing. God, you don't want anything to do with me. God, I, don't, I can't even talk to you. I can't even pray to you. I can't spend, I can't open the Bible. I've got to do, I've got to fix this first. I've got to change something. You guys been there? Pride and shame, because these things have no place when it comes to the presence of Christ and receiving his grace that says, of course you don't deserve it. Of course you're hopeless. Of course you're helpless on your own. That is why Jesus had to come. That's why he had to die. It would have been in vain. But when we are in that place and we recognize that who I am as hopeless and helpless is exactly where God wants me to be, then we can be grateful. Say, wow, God, I can offer you nothing back. All I can do is say thank you. That is the gospel. There is no other gospel. So we're going to look through a few examples here as we wrap up. And as we do this, I want to caution you guys because when we think through these categories, some of these different ways that we can perform, I don't want you to be looking around at other people and thinking, hmm, I wonder where they're at with that. Or, hey, I wonder what... Oh, yeah, this is definitely this person. This is something that only you can know about your heart. Whether you are doing this to perform or to enjoy the presence of Christ is something that only you can answer for yourself. So please do not let yourself get distracted by thinking about other people right now. But listen to the Spirit as God invites you to see your heart as he invites you to recognize those places where you need to step off the ladder and sit next to him and enjoy his presence. Okay? First one, reading the Bible. So this is something that, that is important, but we can do it in two ways. We can do it out of a performance, and we can do it out of just enjoying God's presence. And if we do it out of performance, a lot of times we end up treating it like a textbook. Okay, And we're like, oh yes, I am in all the AP classes because I am good and I can study this and I can memorize and it is all about how well can I master this. And I'm going to use this to compare myself to others and show how much better I am. I'm going to use this as a weapon against people to really shame them and show them that I'm better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this like I do my video games, and I've got my whole list of achievements here. And I've got the read through the Bible achievement, and I've got the memorized 20 verses achievement, and completed all my D6 achievement, and all those things. We've missed it. We're on this pride side. There's also the shame side. And like these textbooks, maybe you're feeling like, man, I just do not understand the trivium. How many of you know what the trivium is? I don't. Okay. One of those textbooks. Using economics. We get in these things where we're like, I don't even know how to understand this. A lot of times we can feel shame as we approach the Bible and like, turn to this book. Um, 
okay, let me check the table. I don't know where that's at. Or we read something, we're like, I have no idea what that's trying to say. And we can feel ashamed because we think it's about being smart. We think it's about having the best knowledge. Maybe you're just new to the faith and you're like, man, I am just starting into the Bible. Awesome. Because it's not about the shame and pressure. This is not a textbook. This is the presence of God. When we see it in that way, the Bible is living and active. So it's not about studying as hard as you can. It's not about memorizing these things so that we can check off this achievement. It's about recognizing that God himself speaks to us through his word. That this book truly is living and active. That as you spend time reading this, God himself is actively speaking to you. That's amazing. That's powerful. It's transforming. As we approach it in that way, that God, I just want to be with you. And I'm going to be with you through your word. And we listen to him. It will reshape our lives. All right? Next one, going to church. Going to church, we can kind of treat like an Instagram account if we're doing this out of performance. And it's all about this image that I project. It's all about getting the right likes and being in the right groups and the right chats and all this stuff. And we have to arrange everything just perfect because we have to look a certain way. Oh, I got to make sure that I get to be a small group leader because small group leaders are extra cool. And oh, I hope I can be on this worship team so that everybody can see what I'm doing here. And I got to make sure that I'm with this group. We're trying to arrange ourselves to be to look like the best Christian we can. But that's not what the body of Christ is about. It's also not about the shame side. That says, man, church is just a place where I feel like an outsider. Church is a place where I don't feel like I belong. And I've got junk in my life that I don't think they want to hear about. I've got struggles that I don't think, I don't think they're open to. I don't, I don't belong there. But instead, we need to see this as the body of Christ. That in faith, in enjoying the presence of God, we recognize that when we come together like this, we experience the presence of God in a unique way. Because this is the body of Christ. This is his presence. We experience it through each other. When you are in Christ, you need the body, and the body needs you. You cannot experience the presence of Christ if you separate yourself from the body of Christ. So to say, I'm going to come, but it's not going to be to achieve all these things. It's not going to be to prove anything. I'm going to move past all of these shame things because I am a part of this. And God, I want to spend time with you. So I want to spend time with your people. How about prayer? Got a letter to Santa here. Prayer can be like a letter to Santa where we just come with all these lists. God, here's all the things that I want and all the reasons you should give it to me. This is a great one. You know, I'm so sad I've not been perfect, but I'm working on it. That's that piece. I'm working on it. How many times do we come to God like that? God, 
I'm sorry, I know you really don't want to hear from me right now, but I really need help with this, and I promise I'm going to keep working on it, okay? So eventually, you know, just give me a little extra room here. You can still love me, though. Give me this back. So we can come in pride in ways that we talk about how we deserve. God, I want this, and this is why I deserve it. And a lot of times our prayers can look like how many kids write letter to Santa where I'm writing this, but I know that nobody's really reading this. I know that this really isn't going anywhere. I'm supposed to do this, but it's all kind of empty anyways. God, you don't care about what I have to say. You don't care about my needs. I've done way too much for you to care. There's been way too many times that I've been hurt to think that you're going to answer this prayer. We treat it like a letter to Santa, we're going to miss it. But to find that place of enjoying the presence of God, that prayer, what it actually is, is where we get to spend time with our Father. We get to spend time sitting next to Him and just talking about life, talking about what's going on, talking about the places where we're hurting, where we're struggling, talking to Him about our needs. And not only that, but listening. Listening to God's voice speak to us and what he says to us, to the verses that he brings to our mind that remind us of his love and his strength and his power, to the ways that he asks questions and makes our mind think about, maybe I should talk to this person, or maybe I should, maybe I should show up to small group, maybe I should head into church, maybe I should ask this question. It's spending time with God. Prayer is not about checking something off a list. It's about being in the presence of God. Two more as we wrap up. Sharing the gospel. This can be something that we can easily move towards shame and pride and shame in. And in, when we do it for, by performance, it turns into a candy bar fundraiser competition. All right? Where in our pride, we're saying, all right, no, I've got to make sure this person, I have to be the one to lead them to Christ, okay? No, no, you've you, you got to do it right now. You've got to do it right now. If I do that, if I go three more, then I get a free remote control car from the drawing. And we're trying to get up those ladders, and it's all about notches in our belt. Who can get the most? Or many of us can feel this shame side of, ah, every time I hear about this, that's right, we're supposed to be doing this, I keep forgetting, I'm never bringing this up, and we just feel guilt that I'm not pulling my weight. I'm not doing enough. Other people are doing all these things, and I'm just behind. I'm just not good at this. And we heap the shame on ourselves. Instead, to think of ourselves as ambassadors, and this is something Tate was talking to some of our staff, and he used that word, and I love it. That was we are in the presence of God. We have the opportunity to be ambassadors. As those who know what it is to be in a relationship with God, to receive life from Him, the delight that comes from Him, we have the privilege of sharing that with other people. And it's not our job to change their lives. It's not our job to make decisions for them, to convince them, to be, have the right thing to say and do it at the right time. It's our job to be excited about the presence of God so much so that other people hear about it and they're drawn in. 
that we are ambassadors of our God. Last one, confession and repentance. We can treat it like being a sorry boyfriend, where we try to soften up with, you know, little, little notes, little acts of kindness, little things that try to, to warm them back up to accepting us in. Okay, you know, first I'm going to send some flowers, and then I'm going to send a note, and then I'm going to have one of your friends, one of my friends talk to one of your friends, talk to you and find out if we're okay. Think about this for a second, though, guys. Think of how, think of how accurately that describes how we approach confession and repentance to God. How many times have you felt like, I can't go to God yet, I have to at least, you know, not struggle one day with this sin, all right? I've got to get one day under my belt and then I can talk to God. I've at least got to read the Bible a little bit and show that I want God and then I can talk to Him. I've got to at least go to church once. And then, well, I still can't go to God, but maybe I'm going to go to Stu and I can talk to Stu and maybe Stu can talk to God for me and make sure that we're okay and we can... We're missing it. That is not God's heart for us. That is not the gospel. When it is about the presence of Christ, what repentance and confession is all about is saying, I was going this way, but I want to be with my God. I want to be with my Father. And we fall in our sin, but we fall into the arms of grace. Remember, God's grace is not running out. He's not worried that he's not going to have enough. When you turn, there is no shame in his eyes. There is no judgment in his eyes because the act of turning is the best gift, the best demonstration of love that we could possibly give to our Father. Think about that. If I have chosen to follow sin and I am moving away from God, the act of repentance is me in my heart saying, I want God more than I want this, so I am going to turn. That excites God so much where he says, you love me more. So when you turn, he is jumping up and down. He is wrapping his arms around you. He was so excited. The craziness of the gospel is that confession and repentance, when we bring our worst to God, it can actually be a delight because of what God has done for us. So this is last thing, and I'm going to pray. If you have accepted this gospel, no other gospel, this gospel, the true gospel, then God lives inside of you. And we can enjoy the freedom of his repentance, or of his presence. We can enjoy the freedom of his presence that is what will shape us. That is what will transform your life. Have your sole goal, your only aim. I am in the presence of God, and I want to enjoy that presence. By spending time in his word, by spending time with his people, by praying, by sharing the gospel, by turning back when I recognize it. To just enjoy and soak in all that presence. And when we do, then God will transform your life. Let me pray. Father, thank you for being an amazing God. Thank you for your grace and your good news of your gospel that is just overwhelming. We can't even imagine it. 
what, that you would do that on our behalf. That you would accomplish it all, and now we are free. And I pray that each one of us, as we turn to you, would experience your presence in a new way, that we would embrace your presence in a new way, in a way that would just push off to the side all of the performance. That would remind us that those are crazy to think that we could ever earn something back from you. Father, help us to enter into this freedom of just knowing that because of your grace, we are your sons, we are your daughters, and you delight in us, and you have promised that as we spend time with you, you will reshape our lives through your power. Thank you, God. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.